And then I was back to uh, being addicted again. I was like typing and texting away while we were on the show. And my husband called me out for it on the show. And he was like, you know, you haven't had it for four days. Now look at you. Like, it's like, you never even started this journey. You're on it 24 seven. You're just answering emails. Like you've removed yourself. You're not even sitting with me. And so that was kind of the first thing I learned to your question is that how much of an autopilot I was on and how disconnected I was from my husband and my marriage and from just my life in general. And that I was so into work and I wasn't focused on my personal life at all. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmet. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to episode number 69 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, we have several exciting announcements for our podcast community. We are thrilled to introduce the Art of Living Well Membership Tribe, which is a new premium membership for our community that we created for people just like you who deserve to find their art of living well. Marty and I know how great you feel when you're taking care of yourself. The problem is this can be hard to implement and sustain. And we also know how much confusion exists in the marketplace about what your body needs to thrive. We believe that a roadmap and accountability are super important as you move along your health and wellness journey and develop sustainable habits for life. We know you want to feel amazing in your own skin and have created this community of like-minded people along with two board-certified integrative health practitioners and holistic health coaches to hold you accountable to whatever you want to achieve. When you're part of our membership tribe, you'll have access to Marnie and myself for two live video sessions and Q&As each month. You'll get short guided meditations, recipe books, and a private daily support chat with this community and so much more. We hope you head over to our website for more information, which is www.theartoflivingwell.us slash programs, and you can access all of the details, and we've also linked this up in our show notes. We also have a favor to ask of you. We would love that if you're enjoying this podcast, if you could take just two minutes to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Doing so really helps us reach more people so that others can benefit from the inspiring conversations and resources that we share every week. And if you're enjoying this episode, we'd love it if you would share it with a friend, family member, or anyone you think may benefit from this information. Of course, we'd love for you to share it on social media, take a picture and tag us and connect with us. We'd love to know how you're enjoying this episode. We also want to let you know that we have a free online workout guide, which supports a lot of small and female-owned businesses. And you can find the link to download this guide in our show notes or in our Instagram profile. And finally, it's time for our spring seven-day community functional medicine liver detox. 
It's gonna kick off on April 5th, and we've had so much great feedback from our previous detox programs, and we'd love for you to join us. And really, spring is the perfect time to detox your liver, and it can really help with energy and moving freely after maybe being a little stagnant over the winter months. We're also adding on some additional layers to this detox program for those of you who have joined us in the past. So head on over to the show notes for the link for more information and to register. We are thrilled to bring you today's guest, Allie Levine, who is a celebrity stylist, TV personality, podcaster, content creator, and influencer. Allie has worked for some of the biggest names in the fashion industry. And after relocating to Los Angeles, California about 10 years ago, has become a household name as a celebrity stylist. She appeared with her husband on Bravo's hit TV show, Stripped, and makes regular appearances on local and national television. Allie has transitioned to mompreneur and mommy influencer across the board, and her fashion sense and real life, raw and honest day-to-day inspires everyone who follows her. Allie hosts the podcast, Everything with Allie Levine, that you should definitely subscribe to as she has such amazing guests on her show that will make you laugh and inspire you. And what I love about her podcast is just how real and raw she is and including her guests. And she just has such good perspective on life. In today's conversation, Ellie opens up and shares her very personal journey and her awakening that occurred after being on the show Stripped. She was so into her career before that, and it was all consuming, and she recognized after being on the show that she was very disconnected from her personal life. Ellie gets vulnerable when she talks about the traumatic birth of her first daughter and her postpartum depression. She talks about how she had to break down in order to rebuild, and she believes the universe gave her the opportunity of being on strip to really prepare her for the birth of her daughter. Allie shares how she had to let go of that picture she created in her mind about what her life needed to look like and just be herself. This conversation is so relatable to everyone on many levels. You know, the more we hold ourselves accountable to this picture or the expectations that we have for ourselves, the more disappointed we ultimately become. And Allie's realized that she's a different version of herself after becoming a mom and really has transformed into a new season of her life. And she has such great advice of resources and tools and strategies that she's used along the way that will benefit anyone, um, not just moms, but really anyone going through any sort of transformation in their life. We talk about the pandemic and how, like so many of us during the past year, Allie's really embraced the slower pace and she shares the lessons that she's learned and how she's allowed this to be a time of growth and learning. And we talk about her daily rituals and her spiritual awakening and she gets raw. Allie is truly real and raw. She's an amazing woman, a mom, and a wife. But before we dive into this fun and energizing conversation with Allie, let's hear a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Appetite for Change. Appetite for Change is a nonprofit in North Minneapolis that uses food as a tool for health, wealth, and social change. 
This year, in light of COVID and the unrest in Minneapolis, Appetite for Change has continued to ground themselves in their mission and center their work around community connection and nourishing food. They launched a pilot program called Community Cooks Meal Boxes, which provides fresh produce and pantry items, plus two recipes for over 300 families at no cost to the family. The program has been such a success that it has been extended for another six weeks and will continue into 2021. AFC has utilized the kitchens of their two restaurants, Breaking Bread Cafe and Station 81, to produce over 200,000 meals that have been distributed across the Twin Cities to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need. In addition, they have seven farm plots across North Minneapolis that are tended to by community members and Appetite for Change youth learning how to grow a variety of plants. These fresh fruits and vegetables are distributed throughout the North Side. Even in 2021, Appetite for Change is committed to building a more equitable food system by delivering fresh and nourishing food to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need, tending urban gardens and more. We have been collaborating with Appetite for Change over this past year, and we have loved their dedication to their mission, and we so look forward to volunteering with their organization and working with them more in 2021. To learn more about Appetite for Change, listen to episode 31 of our podcast with one of their founders, Michelle Horowitz. For more information or to donate, head on over to appetiteforchangemn.org backslash impact or on Instagram and Facebook at Appetite for Change. Hi, Allie. Thank you so much for being a guest on Art of Living Well podcast today. We are so excited to have you on the show. And we were connected through Hey Mama, the Hey Mama Network, which is a community for working moms. I just immediately knew we had to have you on the podcast. Um, And I just love the honesty and openness that you share on your podcast. And I can't wait for our listeners to experience the real raw you. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me today. Yes, we connected through our amazing tribe, Hey Mama. I swear I make the most amazing connections through Hey Mama. I have met the most incredible moms and women and friendships and just entrepreneurs. And I love your guys' podcast. I'm so excited to be here today and have this conversation with you. Thank you. So we'd love to start out by just telling um, our listeners about your journey. I feel like everyone has a story and your journey from your career in fashion to being a reality TV star and becoming a mom and a podcaster. Sure. Oh my goodness. I always laugh. I'm like, okay, so what part of the long story do you want? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, for those that don't know me and, and my story, I am originally from New York. I moved out to Los Angeles, California, uh, where I live now about 10 and a half years ago now, um, basically a decade. (laughs) And uh, I was, uh, you know, my family's in New York, Uh, my husband and his family is in New York, um, and he followed me out here and we started life together. I was working in retail and then corporate in New York. I worked for some of the biggest names in corporate, um, Coach, Talbots, Lacoste, Fragments, private label jewelry company, doing design and corporate um, production and development. And after quite some time, I realized that I wanted to do something more, but I was afraid to walk away from the corporate paycheck and the lifestyle and living kind of like, you know, in this box of, well, I check this box and so I get this and I check that box and so I get that. 
And, you know, I was, it was funny because it kind of makes me think back to now, kind of what we are now. It's like the universe kind of puts you on your ass and you go, oh, okay. I have to get something out. (laughs) (laughs) And for me, you know, in New York, the stock market had crashed and I was just starting to like really fly in my corporate career. And it was like, oh, well now I don't have this job. They just laid us all off from coach. So what am I going to do? And I started looking into other corporate jobs. And then it was like, there was still very like unavailable or it was like, you know, do a temporary job here, temporary job there. And I was just like, Oh, okay. This is not feeling so good anymore. And that kind of felt like the universe was telling me like time to make a change. You couldn't do it yourself. Here you go. You know? And I feel like that happens, you know, a lot uh, to many of us. And so that shook me up and I started doing more research into like, what else did I want to do? I knew I still want to be in fashion, but like, I didn't want to be that in that box anymore. I wanted to be in something that was more exciting and, you know, out there. And to be honest, styling wasn't really a term that was coined yet. Like Rachel Zoe hadn't really like blown up yet per se and coined the term and, you know, other shows weren't really showing it. So there were shoppers, but styling like really wasn't a thing. So I really had no idea what I was getting into. So I just started kind of reaching out to different people and different connections and saying, Hey, can you get me an introduction? Can you get me an interview? I don't even know what I want to do, but I would love to explore like this entertainment side of the world instead of corporate that I've been in. So I started getting, you know, different uh, introductions. I went and did a couple internships for like <laughs> dating myself, uh, Jessica, Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey back when they were, you know, for their show, uh, the newlyweds and, you know, worked on like uh, 30 Rock as an intern and a bunch of different shows for MTV and VH1 and just kind of started like getting my hands in that space to like see what it was even about and getting to like learn the ins and outs of kind of more shopping than for styling per se. And I was just obviously like an intern. So I was really doing more like donuts and paperwork, but close enough (laughs) getting to see it from afar and realize like, okay, this is something I want to kind of take a shot at and work at. And so I got, I was very blessed and, you know, lucky that I was able to have an introduction to uh, the movie wall street. My never sleeps came to New York and Oliver Stone's team was looking for a reduction assistant. So I got to sit down with Oliver and his amazing team and interview with them. And they offered me a position as a PA. So I started working on that movie and I basically did whatever Oliver Stone needed me to do, which meant like four in the morning, get up and go get him coffee before, you know, Starbucks was even open so that I would be right there on set, you know, first one before anyone else, you know, um, it meant having like his reference ready before anything was happening, you know, on the show, breaking down uh, scripts for the entire team when they needed, you know, different line items to look at, to know what was happening in each scene. I mean, any little tedious task was mine. (laughs) Um, And so, but, you know, I was so excited just to be like, on set and learning and getting to like take everything in and you know see actors kind of just fly by me you know and all these things it was like wow okay this is where I want to be and so once I felt that and knew that I really wanted to like check out actual costume and like you know learn the ins and outs of what that was and so Oliver was amazing and he was like look you've done a great job in my department if you want to learn the costume department I'm okay with you doing you know the costume PA side of things now and he introduced me to Ellen Mirajnik who's a super famous costume designer and was my mentor and amazing and Shawnee Kill was a costume supervisor for them and the two of them took me under their wing and really like submerged me into costume of like, you know, what you need to do and the returns and what needs to happen. And I was still everybody's, you know, bitch, if you will, but (laughs) 
<laughs> but I was still getting to experience costume and getting to like work in that spot and like be in fittings and run around and, you know, feed her cat. But I was still at the costume designer's house and, you know, and, and go and pick up, you know, a million, you know, different bags of outfits and, you know, slowly got a little bit more responsibility. Hey, I'll never forget Mike, Michael Douglas needed a shirt because he stained one of his and she was like, I need this exact shirt from Brooks Brothers, but I need 10 of them and I need this and I need that and I need this. And I was like, okay. And it was like the most important mission for me all week was to like track down that shirt, you know, like no matter what and find it and then get, you know, this many of this and find that. And, you know, all of a sudden I fell in love with that fast paced kind of crazy world. And I realized I couldn't go back to corporate because my brain was no longer wired for corporate. I don't think it ever was, but I, once I was in that world and submerged to it, it was like, there was no coming out. It was like, now, now I'm in, you've dipped your toe. Now you drown in there. Like this is, (laughs) this is happening. And so once I knew that I started, you know, asking around once I finished that movie to get on other movies and, you know, in the entertainment industry, like much other industries, you really find those connections and connect. And then they kind of take you from project to project. So I was building up different rapports and was able to go work, you know, on different shows and different movies. And then I got asked to go to Atlanta and I worked on Big Mama's house with Martin Lawrence. And I was like the personal fat suit uh, assistant taking care of like taking care of huge fat. It was like 100 and freaking 18 degrees or something like that in Atlanta. And I'm like, you know, fanning this hot suit. And it was was not pretty. But anyways, um, and so (laughs) I worked on that movie. And that that team was from Los Angeles and the, the costume team. And they were like, look, what are you doing in New York? And I was like, I'm, you know, building my resume. I'm finding different movies to get on. And they were like, well, you know, New York gets them every now and again, like L.A., has projects 24 seven, like, I don't know what you're doing in New York. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm from here. And, you know, I've been building my name here. And they were like, you need to go to LA. And I'll never forget when we were almost done with the movie, you know, they had other projects coming up in Los Angeles, and they turned to me and they were like, do you want to come with? And I was like, seriously, you know, it's like, not every day do you have someone like, literally say, like, come take this opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I had was just considering actually moving to Atlanta because production was starting to really boom there. Tyler Perry had just opened the studio and it was dirt cheap. Like apartments were like 500 bucks. And, you know, being that I lived, you know, outside of New York City, my apartment was like two grand a month. I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I was considering being in Atlanta. And then they were like, why don't you come to LA? And I was like, oh, okay. And I turned to my now husband, who's my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, hey, um, so I want to get rid of our apartment in New York City and go to LA. And he was like, what? You know, it was like, <laughs> what do you mean? You know, and it was like literally a month's notice because I had to go get out a job. And he was like, seriously? And I was like, seriously, I, I, I got to take this. I got to go for this. And I remember everyone thinking I was like straight up crazy, like just to pack up and go leave everything and just take off. But hey, we're doing it, you know, and uh, I got rid of everything as fast as I could and started over and moved to LA and was really blessed that not only did I have that help to guide me to move, but also I had my, you know, boyfriend who's now my husband that actually followed me and started this new life with me. So that was the beginning of it all. And, you know, we got to LA and I started working for them and working in the costume department. I got into the costume house and got my union hours, got established, started meeting some really incredible other designers, worked for them on so many different amazing projects, as well as other huge costume designers like 
Colleen Atwood for Snow White and all these other Fred Drescher show with Brenda Cooper, just all these amazing opportunities. And after finally kind of like getting myself in the door, if you will, and started really building a career, of course, I had one of my alley moments and I was like, oh, I'm not really enjoying this, am I? <laughs> and my husband, who is my fiance at that time, looked at me like, you got to be effing kidding me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's just not like this is still the box. Like, I'm not able to like feel like I'm free and creative. And he's like, well, everything kind of has a box. And I'm like, yeah, but this is not what I thought I signed up for. And so I started like asking around and I realized that styling was now starting to really take off. Rachel Zoe's show was really out there and I was starting to really study what stylists do. And it was very similar to costume, yet it was way more open and there really wasn't as much of a box. And I was like, oh, this is what I think I want to be doing. And I had no experience in styling and I had no connections or anything. And I was like, oh, okay, so what do I, you know, what do I do? How do I even get into this? And started asking different costume designers, started asking for advice. And they were like, well, you know, I hate to say it, but you kind of have to like intern the assist all over again, because it's a whole different realm. It's not like, you know, it's, it, it's similar in some capacities, but it's really not. There's such a different system with styling. So you know, kind of checked my ego and, you know, started interning for all these different stylists, like uh, Monica from obviously, you know, Kardashian, Monica Rose, and working with Kanye West's team, Renalu Pedora and Emma Roberts stylists and all different people. And just getting that experience to be able to put on my resume that I had experience as an intern to styling. And I did a couple of classes with School of Style with um, the famous stylist Luke Story and just started, again, building relationships, building networks now that I was living in L.A. and I really didn't have anything and just started like, you know, taking on un- unpaid, unpaid jobs, uh, you know, and just starting to really like get experience and do some costume jobs here, there to be able to pay bills, but then do the unpaid work on the weekends and run around and be an intern. And eventually that turned into me being an assistant for Kanye West's main stylist at the time was Renalu Pedora. And she hired me as a full-time assistant. And I was doing everything with her from shipping to pickups, to clothing picks with her, to fittings. I mean, every single thing she needed from early morning to literally like midnight every night, I was there doing it all. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I loved how much I was learning and absorbing and that we were always, every day was ever changing. It was like one day you're in a fitting, the next day you're running all over town trying to find, you know, studs for a jacket that Connie's, you know, had a dream about at three in the morning. You know what I mean? It was like (laughs) (laughs) straight up, this man like constantly was dreaming creative things. It was like amazing, but it was like, go find this. And it was like, but that doesn't exist. Find it anyway. You know, it was like, so I was all over, you know, downtown LA and sourcing and just, you know, but, but I loved it because I was just in it. Like I was just basking in the fact that there was no real rules. It was always changing. And I felt like, oh my God, I found my home. And so, you know, finally, after quite some time of doing my own assisting, I started getting asked to style different celebrities. And when I say celebrities, like, let me be clear, they were D-list celebrities like they weren't really known but they were known enough that they needed a stylist of course in the beginning they weren't it wasn't paid it was just hey do you want to get your name you know involved here and do these projects and so I did I was you know working still for you know Kanye's team and then I was styling on the side as my own stylist to all these different people and all of a sudden before I knew it these people are getting best dressed on publications and on red carpets and people want to know who the 
it girl styling was behind them. And that was honestly where it took off. All of a sudden, Alizine Design was born. And I was no, named, you know, by Naluda Magazine as the it girl in styling. And my career took off. And I started getting my own clients and styling and, you know, really working in the business to create a name and make sure that everyone that I worked with hopefully was getting best dressed or at least getting, you know, some type of um, notable uh, mention for what they were wearing or setting a trend or, you know, something along those lines. And I fell in love what, with what I was doing uh, for quite some time, you know, and I started then getting asked to do camera work to speak on fashion trends and award outfits or how to get something chic for less and doing different appearances on national and local TV. And after that, um, I started being like seen with different, you know, reality uh, stars like Vanderpump Brawls and Housewives and um, back when E had rich kids and, you know, all these different shows. And I would be in behind the scenes, like someone would spot me styling because in real life I was styling them. But, you know, the show would be filming it and then people would start saying like, oh, that's that stylist who works with so-and-so. And so then I started getting asked to do more things like that of being behind the scenes on purpose, you know, doing photo shoots and styling and um, from there, I met a lot of different people in that network, and that kind of led me to the craziness of my own reality uh, situation. And uh, Bravo came to uh, my husband and I and said, hey, we're doing this new show, and uh, you know, we'd like you to uh, be a part of it. And it was like, what is it about? What? No. <laughs> and <laughs> for those that don't know, it was, it was stripped, um, and it was uh, basically a documentary that was a reality documentary that had everything taken away from you for 21 days and what do you learn and when I say everything taken away from you I mean everything taken away from you <laughs> including um, your clothes right exactly yes. including your clothes including everything p.s uh by the way which you know by the way it would have been nice for us to know when we actually decided to finally move forward and sign those contracts that was something that was like mentioned like kind of like in the dropping of breadcrumbs of like, oh, we, we might do this, but like, we're still navigating production, but like, we will take everything away, but we're not sure about everything. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like you're actually going to lose your clothes. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Let me make a phone call to my dad and tell him. Great. You know, oh, I want to hear about that experience. Can you go into more <laughs> yeah. detail about this? <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> Um, that was my favorite calling my dad. He was like, he thought he was like, he's like, is it April fools? It's not April. And I was like, no, um, I just want to make you aware. Cause like I'm doing this project and he's like, what? You know, it was like, <laughs> um, so yeah, so this show. Okay. So like most people know in Hollywood and with entertainment, most things that you, you see, like don't actually end up happening the way they look like they happened and a lot of things obviously is smoke and mirrors and so you know I had been up for all these different fashion shows on Bravo for quite some time all these different experiences that like would have aligned with what I was doing and just for whatever reason you know they just didn't pan out you know the shows didn't get picked up production didn't happen whatever so fast forward to you know stripped and they're like, hey, we want to take you because you're a celebrity stylist and we know you from your work and we want to take everything away from you so we can see you lose your shit, basically. And <laughs> that's literally how the producers prefaced it to me. They were like, Allie, we love you, but like, let's be real. Like you live in your clothing and in your styling and like in that world. So like, how great would it be to have everything taken away from you and see how you react? And I was like, no, it wouldn't be great. Like what? And they were like, no, but for a show, it would be awesome. And that's like what the premise of the show is. 
And I was like, uh, no. And I remember like my, you know, my publicist, my team, and they were like, Allie, it's Bravo. We have to do it. And I was like, no, I, I'm not doing this show where they take everything away from me. Like, no. And then it was my husband who actually said, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing for you to get away from your bullshit. <laughs> 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 Gotta love him. He is like, I mean, we are as night and day as possible, but I tell you what, that man keeps me in check. And, uh, I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, he's like, it would be really good for you. You might learn something. And like, what's the worst thing? You're on Bravo, like whatever. And I was like, okay. And this was, by the way, like just me. Then when Bravo met Justin, because of that comment, they were like, oh, we want to have him too. Like, he's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, so here we are, we start this, you know, journey together. And, you know, we, um, start the show. And like you said, they take everything away from you for 21 days and it starts with clothing. So I'll never forget that moment where, you know, they come over, they're moving everything out. They're not kidding. I mean, they had a moving truck come and it took 18 hours and we had to sit there like on the couch Took they took the couch and then we were sitting on the floor and they moved everything out piece by piece. And I mean, like you're just watching your stuff get wrapped and taken and packed and gone. And it was like, Oh my my God. God. It was like this slow moving kind of effect that obviously you didn't see on the show, but for us living it, you're just watching your entire life get packed into like two pods and being like, Oh my God, there goes this. Oh my God, there goes that. You know, and it was like, they even took off the pictures off the walls. I mean, you kind of felt like you were in a jail in a sense. So what did they leave? Like what was left? Like literally nothing. The only thing they left was our fridge because they couldn't get it out. (laughs) <laughs> so they, ch- they, they chained it up. No shit because they couldn't get it out. They chained it up so that we couldn't use it. Um, our stove, because they couldn't get it out. Cause it was like to the wall. So same thing, they chained it and taped it up. Like anything they couldn't remove, they just left and chained up. Like you can't have this unless you actually ask for this back as an item. And then everything else was gone. And then Marnie, to your question, they basically decided that, you know, you'll get food as far as food, meaning rations, like MREs, like military food. Um, you will get water, of course, and you get toilet paper and that is it. And so when, oh my God. <laughs> did you get a toilet? I know <laughs> you get the toilet. Okay. Good question. they can't remove that either. So you get the toilet. Thank and God. they didn't lock it. Um, they get the shower because they can't remove the shower. You know, I'm sure though, if they could have, they would have came in and taken that out. And so, you know, they basically, you're standing there and they're like, everything's gone and you're standing there in front of them. I'll never forget this. And you're just standing there and you're kind of like waiting for it. And they're like, all right you know, strip down. And you're like, just looking at these people, like they're crazy. It's like, no, like give us your clothes, like strip down, like, let's go. And I just remember Justin, I think he just wanted to like, you know, rip the bandaid off so fast. So for those that can still go back and watch the episode, you'll see my husband like strip down in like 0.2 seconds. And then there's me who is like, you know, and I'm like, take it off a bracelet at a time and a necklace at a time. And he's like, Allie, let's go. I'm standing here with my, you know, what out, like, let's go. What are you doing? You know? And I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh. I'm like, okay. And I'm slowly taking everything off, you know, and I'm covering and I'm, you know, and obviously they're blurring, but still in real life, you're not blurred. And, you know, and I'm standing there like covering myself up so uncomfortable as I'm, you know, stripping down, put everything to the side and I stand there and then they take everything and they're like, put it in this box. They take everything and you, you know, you watch now everything go and they hand you this box and they say, here you go, you know, see you in, you know, in 21 days. And you get this box and all that's in it is a big jug of water, a big thing of rations and toilet paper. And that's it. And that was day zero 
and we slept on our hardwood floor with our toilet paper rolls behind our head. And that was our first night in Stripped. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I, there's so many questions I have just even <laughs> learning more about that experience. I mean, so let's cut to it a little bit though. Like what, at the end of the day, what did you learn from it? What did you guys take away from it? Because that's something I think we all get really like attached to things. Oh my and- God. So true. Yeah, you do. We, we all, we all, I mean, it's human nature, right? It's like, there's so much around us material wise, we get attached without even realizing it. And to be honest, as crazy as it was, because, you know, every day, you know, you get one item back, you choose what item that is and like why it aligns with you. And it's funny because before the show, I was like, I'm getting my phone. I'm staying naked. I don't care. You know? And then when we were actually in it day one, I was like, I can't get my phone. I have to get dressed. Like, I, I, are you kidding? You know, I was like, all of a sudden, reality set in like what are you actually going to do now that you're actually in this you know and so I got a dress because I just needed to be dressed I realized how vulnerable I felt not having my clothes and it was funny because I thought I was going to feel so free and I felt the complete opposite it was like oh no no no! I need to get dressed like immediately and then I can worry about other items whereas yes. my husband is Mr. Practical and he was like no I'm gonna stay naked so deal with this <laughs> <laughs> producers are like great you know and he's like I'm gonna get our couch because we need something to sleep on sit on like he's very smart and like very you know thinks outside the box like that thank god for him because I was just in panic mode and so you know each day we tried to pick things strategically and it really does teach you you know all of a sudden you're thinking like what are the things I want to get back and you would think before the show I would have picked all these kind of material stupid things but then you actually sit there and go like oh but I actually want my toothbrush and I actually want this. And you start, you know, I didn't get my phone until day four and the running jokes for those that knew I was doing the show before was like, Oh, you're going to be naked tweeting. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, <laughs> like, you know like that's what you're going to get back. Like, who are you kidding? And I thought so too. You know, like I was like, when I got my phone back at day four, it, in a sense, I was almost like, Ooh, do I want to get this back already? It's been kind of nice to not have the constant, people messaging me and this and that. And it was very interesting to kind of be taken out of like that constant hustle and bustle and that, you know, autopilot of answering my clients and doing this and doing that email. And I remember when they turned it back on, you know, on camera, I was like, let's go like hurry up in my phone. Because I, I felt that like, you know, like panic mode, like it's been four days, like what is going on on my phone? And I've not been in touch with an assistant, like nothing. And I remember like they turned it on and had like over, you know, 5,000 emails, 200, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, text messages, like, you know, 40 voicemail. I mean, it was like insane. I was just like looking at my phone, like, oh my God, maybe can I give it back? You know, it was like (laughs) all of a sudden after living on this phone, you like almost didn't want this device. And then I was back to uh, being addicted again. I was like typing and texting away while we were on the show. And my husband called me out for it on the show. And he was like, you know, you haven't had it for four days. Now look at you. Like, it's like, you never even started this journey. You're on it 24 seven. You're just answering emails. Like you've removed yourself. You're not even sitting with me. And so that was kind of the first thing I learned to your question is that how much of an autopilot I was on and how disconnected I was from my husband and my marriage and from just my life in general. And that I was so into work and I wasn't focused on my personal life at all. And so, you know, when we started having those hard conversations and we started talking about, you know, he really wanted a family and he was waiting for me to be ready. And he felt like I was never going to be ready. And to be honest, like 
I wasn't. I was just very much like, oh, when it happens, it happens. It'll find, you know, it'll, it, a baby will figure its way into my life. Like, it's fine. You know, I'll just keep working and working. No big deal. You know, it'll happen when it's meant to happen. And my husband was kind of like, you know, he came out to California to support me. But at the same time, he's like, you know, I proposed to you. Like, we got married. I gave you a life. And like, I love you. So I did those things for you. But like, I also want to have a life with you and not just be like kind of this side thing that's happening, you know, when you have time for me. And you know, rightfully so. I wasn't even aware that he was feeling that way or that our marriage was even working that way because I was so just, you know, heavy into my career because my career was flying and I was, you know, getting some of the best, you know, celebrities to dress of A-list and B-list world. And that was where my mind was. It wasn't that I was neglecting him or neglecting my life. I just felt like full speed ahead. This is my career and I got to keep moving, you know, and everything else will figure itself out. And when stripped came along, it was very much like a slap in the face for me, I think from the universe of like, Hey, (laughs) you kind of have to look at like big picture and actually like see what's happening here and what you're neglecting in your own personal care with your husband, your family, your friends, all these things. And so, you know, fast forward to after finishing the show, you know, we got pregnant with Amelia, our daughter, like right after filming. And I felt like that was kind of like God in the universe, whatever you believe, like truly saying to me, like, okay, you're ready, whether you realize you're ready or not, because you've done this experience and you've opened yourself up to realizing there's more than just your career and just you building you consistently. And now it's time for you to learn what, you know, this new journey is. And so, you know, I stepped into motherhood And same thing, I was on, you know, autopilot when I was pregnant of like running to events, styling clients, doing everything, kind of not really taking care of myself. And, you know, I was in, you know, um, red carpets at, you know, 37 weeks pregnant, barely could get behind the wheel, but here I am dressing this client and running here and running there and, you know, doing all these things. And in my mind, I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just have my baby and she'll just go to the events with me and no big deal. And we'll just keep rolling. And and so, you know, from the minute she was, you know, born, you know, for those that know my story, those that don't, I had a very traumatic birth. It's pretty documented. So you can look it up, but Um, I had a 42 hour labor and I ended up going from a natural uh, birth that I wanted in the tub to a C-section in the hospital and had my daughter after 42 hours. And that was a very big shock to my system as well as my mental, uh, you know, I would say. And so after having her, I was very much at home and had to recover, um, you know, from everything that, you know, I had been through and I wasn't driving for like nine weeks because I couldn't because of the C-section and, you know, it was just a very long, hard road and I didn't expect any of that. And then shortly after that, I definitely didn't expect to go through postpartum depression. And so that really like took me out of the game, if you will, and made me really like kind of honestly kind of feel like in a way I was back to that experience it was like you know stripped kind of put me on my ass in one way and then my postpartum depression did another way and when I finally came out of my postpartum depression at around a year later I started realizing like you know what I have to start letting go of this like picture that I've created in my mind of like what it has to look like and what it has to be because every time I go to that picture and it's not adding up and it's not that exactly I'm literally crumbling and I'm literally breaking and I'm not able to like see any good out of anything because it's not the picture 
that I built. And I feel like, you know, many of us like create these pictures in our minds, of like what it should be. And it's like, the more you expect and hold yourself accountable to that picture, the more you're going to be disappointed when those things don't happen. And it took me, I think, going through, you know, those kinds of experiences to be able to say like, okay, you know what? I'm maybe not the same Allie that I was before. I'm a different version of me. I've literally been reborn after having my daughter and that's okay. Like, and not the same glam alley that was on the carpet 24 seven. And the person that was, you know, constantly getting done up and doing all these things. I can't be that woman right now. I'm a new mom. You know, I'm in a whole new space. I'm in a new season, but it took me a while to realize that like in being broken, I was almost broken open and that I was starting to transform in a way and learn all new things about myself and emerge into this whole new season. But I had to like step into that. And I wasn't ready to for quite some time. And I kind of feel like going through stripped was kind of like the beginning of that. Like, I really believe the universe gave me that to prepare me for what I was actually stepping into because I didn't even know what I was stepping into. And now we want to take a quick break from today's conversation to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Lakewinds Co-op, which is a favorite grocery store of ours to shop at in the Twin Cities. We love that Lakewinds has such high standards and bets every single product on their shelves, including their amazing personal care and supplement section so that we don't have to. As busy parents, we don't always have the time or the desire to read every ingredient label. And we, when we shop at Lakewinds, we have confidence that it's been done for us. Grocery shopping should be an enjoyable and calm experience, and Lakewinds does everything to make your experience stress-free from the moment you walk in the door. The decor and aesthetics are really calming and inviting, and we have never met such knowledgeable and friendly staff in all the departments, including meat and seafood, in the wellness department, and produce. We love Lakewinds produce section, which focuses on organic and fair trade products. About 95% of the produce is organic and local as much as possible. And they really support the local and small sustainable farmers right here in Minnesota and Wisconsin. The meat buyers actually visit the farms. They talk to the ranchers and see their practices to ensure that the animals are ethically raised and treated, which is really important to us. All of their meat is free from additives, synthetic preservatives, nitrates, antibiotic residues, steroids, and added growth hormones. Unlike many traditional grocery stores, Lakewinds has a banned ingredient list that is used to vet the products on their shelf, which includes artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, high fructose corn syrup, hydrogenated oil, etc. This applies to the food on their shelves, as well as the supplements and beauty and personal care products in their wellness department. If an item doesn't meet the product standards, Lakewinds doesn't allow it on their store. And we love that peace of mind. We also love how they seek out local small batch makers who meet their standards and really try to support our local businesses. We all know that maintaining a healthy body and mind has huge implications on our immune systems and being able to fight off the flu. So support your health and wellness in the new year by shopping at your local co-op. You can find the fabulous Lakewinds co-ops in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield, or have groceries delivered from Instacart. While Lakewinds Co-op is a member-owned store, you don't have to be a member to shop and receive their weekly specials. Although we highly recommend that you do become members like us for additional monthly savings and an annual dividend. You can find out more by going to lakewinds.coop. And when you're there, be sure to check out their delicious recipes. And if you don't live in the Twin Cities, we highly encourage you to find your local co-op 
by heading over to National Co-op Grocers and finding one near you. Wow, I have so many yeah. questions. So going back to Stripped for a minute, how did that feel to like, you know, come into that truth or kind of be uncovered in front of the public eye on television? Like, you know, your husband coming to you and telling you, you know, that you're too connected or whatever, whatever issues you may have had in that 21 day period. Like, how was that? No, honestly, it was, it was really hard. Like it, it, you know, in my mind, to be honest, like, because it was Bravo, I thought like, oh, whatever, like no big deal. Like we'll film this. And then like at night I'll be able to get back to like myself. Like in my mind, I thought like, I'll be able to like, like, you know, just be back to me. And then when we go back to filming, like I'll, you know, and they were like, no, this is a real and raw documentary like you are going to live this and feel this for 21 days and really it was more like a month after filming you know and it was so intense and it's crazy because they say 21 days is what changes a habit and it's Mm -hmm. like it's no joke like you really do if you are especially like that put into a situation where everything is removed from you you have no choice but to figure out or try to figure out how to survive to be able to get to that you know next spot and so it was really hard and it was really heavy. And I'll never forget when we were filming, you know, we had an event that I needed to go to. And I was like, I don't want to go. I, I have not, you know, had my makeup done. You know, I have not had my lashes done. I have not done anything to myself because I'm, you know, in this situation, like I'm not going. And they were like, sorry, it's no longer your call. Like you're going. And they forced me to go to one of these red carpets um, for the reality TV awards. And I had to dress a client and, you know, meet up with them. And then I had to walk the carpet and I'll never forget. I felt so vulnerable and so uncomfortable and they showed that scene. And I, you know, I'm walking this carpet. I'm in this tiny little, you know, blue casual cotton dress, you know, that I'd gotten back to, by the way, I had for like a week at that point, you know, on because I was the only thing I had gotten back as far as clothing. And, you know, I'm walking this red carpet and my hair is, you know, greasy and I have no makeup on my face. And I just remember looking around and looking at everyone so glam and everyone so obviously Hollywood. And here I am, like literally, like you just said, like so vulnerable, so stripped down, so raw in front of the public eye. And it was hard. I mean, I started crying. I'm not going to lie. Like it was really hard to not only feel that way, but like feel so out of place. And then also look at it and be like, I worked so damn hard for my career. And here I am now, like looking like this and like being documented like this because thank you bravo it still lives on getty images and (laughs) and so that was really hard for me and you know i remember coming home to justin that night and being like that was so shitty and it was so awful and you know and he kind of tried to turn into a learning lesson and was like well what did you get from that like what you know like what was that experience like and i was like honestly like it just showed me like how much i love like what I wear and like, you know, when I'm, when I'm in my, you know, element and he's like, I get that. And like, you love your shoes, you love your clothes and all that. He goes, but maybe that's kind of part of like this, like you don't allow yourself to be that way. And you don't allow yourself to just show up as you, you know? And then Bravo was like, yeah, it's kind of like in a sense, like your mask and your armor. Like you don't, you don't let yourself just be you because you have to kind of turn on and be this glam persona because that's what you're you've kind of built and like who you are and it was very at first it was very shattering for me in many ways which is why I think it led into the postpartum depression but then when I finally could embrace it you know down the road it was very like liberating for me and it was very like freeing to be like oh I'm still Allie I can still show up as me but like I don't have to be 
turned on me, so to say, and I don't have to feel so in the pressure. But at first it was really hard. And even like after I became a mom in the public eye, like when they would want me to go to photo shoots and do things like it was really hard for me to show up and be in this new body and, you know, new everything and be like, oh, here I am, you know, like in a bikini, but I don't really feel so pretty, but like, I'm going to try to feel pretty because I'm doing this shoot about like, you know, here I am as a new mom and I'm out with my daughter and, you know, and all these things. And it was, it was really hard in the public eye to, to have to say to myself, like, it's you who's judging you. Like the public eye may be judging you to a point, but like overall your judgments really are coming from you. I think for most of us, our judgments come from within and we're not the nicest to ourselves. And so it was really hard for me to like, look at my body and, you know, be able to say like, okay, this is now me and I no longer look like what I looked like on the red carpet, you know? And so I just think like bringing it back to stripped, it really taught me in that those moments of being so raw, how to be in the public eye like that, because I had no idea how much more that was going to turn into my actual life shortly after because I think about like with Amelia when I was pregnant it was all still so glam like there was all my maternity photos were super glam I made sure I got like the you know most amazing dresses to dress the bump and you know had my makeup done you know to the nines and just all these things to like look beautiful while being you know glamorously pregnant and this bump style and this and that and I think about all those things I mean literally till the day I was you know gonna give birth and you know a tub I had my husband (laughs) get flowers to put in the tub and you know like all these things that like for the perfect picture you know what I'm saying and I laugh about it now because I'm like Ellie really but in the moment that was like what I felt was not only like normal but it was like this is what I'm you know this is who I am so it was almost like even though I learned from stripped I didn't maybe fully learn the whole lesson so then <laughs> postpartum put me on my ass and it was like now you're gonna learn you know it was like <laughs> you know I kind of feel like the universe like you know it gives you a nudge and then you're like you know you don't pay attention and it kind of yeah. kicks you and you don't pay attention and all of a sudden it's like boom now boom. you're on your ass like medical two by four to the face like you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what did you learn are you paying attention now you know and and that was for me it was like wake up you know and and so in my work that I did in my you know my therapy and you know visual um, therapy and you know cognitive therapy and all these things that came up you know very much so that I was very much just kind of hidden and not allowing myself to really be me. And I did feel so much pressure from the public eye and from everything I was around that I couldn't be me. And I had to constantly be this version of Allie that maybe wasn't always feeling like myself. And so, you know, I had to really work through that in order to be in the place I am now, where it's funny because I laugh because I'm like, now I'm so real and raw that it's like the complete opposite (laughs) of where I was. (laughs) But now I don't know how to be anything else. Now I feel like I've been so broken open that there is no going back. Like I love to get glam, don't get me wrong. But now like, I feel like I actually appreciate when I get glam and I'm able to get myself together and I feel pretty versus whereas I used to just expect it. And I expected this picture of myself no matter what and held myself to that standard, you know, so much so that like when I went to a red carpet with Amelia around when she was like three or four months old, I went to my first red carpet since having her And, you know, I got myself glam and everything, but she was, you know, she was nursing. She needed to have her diaper changed like five times before I even walked the carpet. And I remember like being, feeling so beat down and like wanting to just walk off the carpet and cry, but I held myself together because I needed for my own self in that moment to show up and be glam and be on camera and be at that red carpet and kind of say to myself and others, like I'm doing it here. I am with her, but I realized like, 
who the fuck am I proving anything to? Like, I'm just literally destroying myself because I'm going through postpartum depression and nobody knows it right now. And I'm a brand new mom and I'm forcing myself to show up to this event and walk this red carpet and feel quote unquote glamorous and be around people who are not really doing anything for me right now. And it was just terrible. And I feel like, you know, I had to finally let go of all of those expectations that I had in my mind and all of those perfect pictures that to me, I realized really weren't perfect. And like, it was okay. It was more than okay to be just be me and to be in that new season of I'm being a new mom and be like, Hey, I am struggling. Hey, I am figuring this out. I can't show up the way I used to. And like, that's okay. You know, but it took me, it took me a long time to get there. And I think that stripped really was a huge teacher in that. I think stripped also for me was a huge teacher in taking myself off autopilot and learning how to disconnect and being okay with disconnecting. You know, um, to this day, I'm not on my phone the way I used to be. And I really do believe that came from stripped. You know, it really taught me like you will survive. People aren't going to die. You know, you're not a heart surgeon like this, you know, it's, it really isn't as serious as you make it seem like the minute someone would write me, I would have to respond within 30 seconds. And that was something that I created so that my, my clients expected it. And I didn't realize that I created that just because I was constantly, you know, answering and, you know, we don't realize sometimes that like everything really is energy. And so you, you put that energy out there of like, I'm going to answer you right away. They get that chain reaction. They're going to expect it. So when I started drawing boundaries, when I came off stripped and when I got pregnant, I became a mom, my clients were like, what the fuck? Like, why is she not answering? It turned into a lot, to be honest. I had to let go of a lot of my roster because they got so demanding and so mad at me because I was no longer this on demand, you know, person. And I was like, I can't be like, I have to sleep or I have to do this or I have to handle the baby or whatever it was. And I had to finally like be okay with walking away from a lot of different opportunities because it just wasn't serving what I was doing anymore. But I think that stripped kind of started me, you know, out in that and taught me like, you know, you really do live on this like massive autopilot. And it's kind of crazy. Obviously now we're all kind of been put on our asses for 2020. (laughs) (laughs) But I tell my husband, like in a way, I kind of feel like it's funny because people are like, oh, how are you doing? And I'm like, look, I have my moments. It's hard. But overall, I'm very at peace during this time. And I know it's like a really hard for a lot of people to hear and understand, but I think because of what I went through back then and what I've gone through from my postpartum depression to now, it's almost like in a way I'm embracing this slower time and I'm allowing this like peace and pause to like not only feel good, but like resonate and be a time of learning and growth and involvement instead of oh my God, this isn't happening. And oh my God, you know, if this had happened before I'd gone through everything, I'm sure I've been like shitting my pants. Like I don't work. How am I going to go get this? Like I would have been in complete panic mode, but instead I've been able to like sit here and say like, okay, what can I tweak in my life that I need to fix, you know, my business. And what are those tedious tasks that I haven't done that I need to get to? And actually look at things and also be like, I need to actually bond with my girls and take this time to be like, Hey, I get to transition and adjust to being a mom of two. And like, how amazing is that? The universe has kind of put things on pause where I actually get to do that and not feel guilty. Yes. Oh my gosh. You just uncovered so much. And one, I (laughs) commend you for being so open and vulnerable with the postpartum depression. Cause we know that many, many new moms go through that. And especially being in the Hollywood light and you know, I think it's important that everyone is 
feels comfortable doing what you did, you know, because you're a role model for then others. So I just, Thank I love, you. I love all that you shared about that. Um, and then this transition, you know, this transformation that you talked about, and I know you've even talked recently, like on social media, right. About how we very often talk about transformation from a physical standpoint, which you just shared a lot of, right. Um, and we often fail to recognize all those amazing changes that take place when we look inward. And like you talked about, you were kind of broken down in order to be rebuilt, which I think is such a valuable lesson for everyone. And even though you went through such hard and challenging times, it sounds like you've kind of come out, you've, re you've recognized that you've come out ahead at the end. Yeah. Um, so thank you for sharing all that, but maybe can you talk, you kind of dabbed on the spiritual journey, um, and how you really like uncovered that truth and letting go of what no longer serves you a little bit more. Um, Cause I think that this is a really important lesson for a lot of moms out there that are struggling. So maybe also some just advice that you have based on what you went through that you can share with others. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you for asking. And, you know, I mean, doing the work was not easy by any means. And, you know, I appreciate the kind words. It was, it was really hard. You know, it was um, a lot of reprogramming of my own brain and of my own sense of self and being able to accept what I was seeing in the mirror, which was this, you know, new body and this huge scar and, you know, all these things that just did not resonate with what I thought was going to be my birth. But, you know, I remember when I was, you know, at the end of my pregnancy and I'm looking at all these, you know, Instagram accounts and no shame to their moms, like good for them owning their, you know, bounce back bodies and this and that. But I made that picture in my mind. I was convinced that was going to be me. And I was convinced that I was going to look like these women. And I was going to be, you know, glam a few days later, holding my baby on camera, like, look at me, you know, and that just wasn't the case, you know, universe had other plans for me. And so, you know, after the, you know, C-section and the trauma and all that, it was like looking at myself in the mirror and having to be okay. And not only just be okay, but like love on myself and love the hell on myself and be like, mm -hmm okay, your body did this. Like, you know, you, like, you, you know, it wasn't what you thought it was going to be, but like your baby is here. She's healthy. You're healthy. Like, you know, everything, you know, is going to be okay. And clearly I didn't, you know, believe that because I went through my postpartum depression. And so, you know, when I started doing the work and I realized I had postpartum depression, because that's one thing I want to say is I think that I could have gotten help earlier, but I kept really like letting my ego come into play and just be like, oh, it'll go away. Like, I'm just having a moment, like whatever, it's fine. And and going back to what you were saying, Stephanie, about like the glam and the physical, I was still trying to go back to that. It was like, my husband would be like, he would see, I would be having a hard day and he'd come home from work and he'd be like, well, then go get your lashes done. That's what you want to go do. And like, I'll have her, you know, and I'll go get my lashes done or go get a massage, go get a pedicure and again all the things outside is what I was doing consistently. And I couldn't understand why I would feel good in that moment. And then after a couple hours, I would break down again, start hysterical crying or, you know, have an anxiety attack or whatever it may be. And I kept having that happen over and over and over again. And finally, you know, it took me turning to my husband and telling him that I was mourning the death of myself. And I think he finally like realized for himself, like, oh shit, this is not just like, let's go get you a pedicure. Like this is a problem. This is something that needs actual attention and help. And so luckily because I had um, originally, you know, wanted, you know, a water birth, a natural birth, I had a midwife, I had a dual, I had a great team regardless of everything. And so they kind of were able to diagnose that I was had postpartum depression, had me go sit down with postpartum specialist, and then they fully diagnosed me. And once I knew that's what I had, it was like, okay, well, what are you going to do? 
to get yourself out of this? Like, what are you going to do to do the work? And, you know, I said to her, I remember I was like, oh, so if I do a few sessions, like I should be fine. And she was like, no, you know, it was like, again, I was kind of rushing this process of like, come on, hurry up, band-aid, quick mm-hmm. fix, let's go, you know? And she was like, no, like, you, like, you, we got to like work on this. Like, and so, you know, that'd be my first you know, bit of advice would be do the work. It was not, it was not easy for me. It was very hard. It was a long bit of, you know, about, a, I would say probably about a year still doing the work now, but real hardcore work uh, the first year. And, you know, that was first just looking at myself and sitting in my own shit. And, uh, you know, nobody wants to sit in their shit. <laughs> Um, and I had to hardcore, you know, I had to really like take apart everything that I was going through, everything I was feeling, why I was feeling that way, like with my body, with my image, with everything and really dive into like, how did I get here? And like, what did this mean? You know, and start there and like that trauma and find that pain and, and, uh, you know, that pain point and work from there first, you know, and that was something I didn't even realize was actually from like, part of it was from my grandmother passing away. Who My daughter is named after Amelia. She was like my very best friend, you know, on this earth. And when she passed back in 2013, like I completely lost myself and I knew that, but I didn't realize that that was still playing into then me being a mom and me being in this whole new world. And that like that came up in so much of, you know, the work we were doing with my therapy. And so it was working through that and being able to kind of grieve that as well as grieve myself coming into this new transformation of Allie. And then, you know, once I started doing that work, it was like, okay, we're going to do cognitive therapy and we're going to do visualizations and we're going to do journaling. And, you know, I started finding meditation. Meditation was still to stay massively helpful for me. And I would meditate for a half an hour to an hour every day and force myself to make myself have that time to meditate and connect to my higher self and to really like just dig within because everything really is within us. But we, whatever, for whatever reason, always look from, you know, to the outside, no matter what it is in life. And so I had to really check in with myself and start to look within and figure out how I was going to, you know, look at myself, how I was going to rebuild myself. And then she had me keep a journal every day of all the thoughts that came up, you know, positive, negative, neutral, didn't matter, write it down, get it out, you know, release it. And so I would do that. And then I have to sit with that. Why did I feel that way? Why did I write that about myself? And, you know, what are the stories I tell myself? How do I undo those stories, you know? And so all of that work, really every single day, you know, brought me to now where I am, where I can be way more open and vulnerable about not only what I share, but feel good about myself. And I still have my moments. I still have moments where I have to look in the mirror and say to myself, like, you had just had another baby. Your body does not, you know, it's not where you thought it might be right now, but like, you just had another baby. Like, remember that, like, you know, it was only six months ago, the another baby, I have to have those moments and those conversations with myself, because I will go down this, you know, hole of like, oh, my body doesn't look the way I thought it was going to, it was starting to look good again. And now, oh, you know, it's like, stop, Allie, stop. You have to like, really be aware of the noise that's in your head and the voice we all have, because we all have it. And like, shut that voice off and really start feeding yourself with self-love and, and not just self-care, just say, Oh, self-care. No, it's, it really has to be self-love. You really have to like do the work. I think that was the difference for me is realizing like, yes, a massage is great. And I love the way it feels, but if I'm not 
adding self-love around that massage, that massage just meant nothing because all it is is just touching my body and no, you know, no disrespect to obviously massage therapists would do a great job and it helps your body. But as far as my mind, I was realizing like mind, body, and soul, it wasn't actually doing something for me. And I think that's when I started kind of having like my spiritual awakenings was like when I started realizing that, like, again, I was looking for everything external and I wasn't coming to myself. Once I started tapping into Allie and started getting these deeper roots of me and doing that work, then I started realizing like, wow, I really do have the power. Like I really, it really is within me. And like there, there is power within me. And I've kind of given my power away for so long in so many different ways to my clients, to all the, you know, celebrities, all the things that were going on in Hollywood that I wasn't actually honing in on myself. And then when I started actually doing that work and working on myself, then I started realizing like, okay, this is a new version of me but this is healthy and this is, you know, and, and, and this is good. And I, and now I need to focus on what this looks like. And so now I still meditate. I still journal, you know, I, I do affirmations. You know, I have um, one of my favorite um, journals that I write in is commanding life. They have all different ones, but this one is the daily inspiration journal. And I love it because it holds me accountable to like write what I need to write. So like it says for the reasons you command your life. And then each chapter is like something different. So this one's like, believe in your prayers. And then you write like, I am thankful for today. I will feel more of, I will make my day amazing by today. My affirmation will be. And then at night, what I love is it says at the end of the day, you write the amazing things that happened to you that day, tomorrow, how you'll make your day better. And you actually sign it because you're signing like it to yourself. Like I'm owning this. I'm holding myself accountable that like, this is what I'm going to at least try to experience and feel. Obviously we all have our moments. I have plenty of them, but like at least be aware that this is what I'm trying to feel. It's what I'm trying to do so that you sign it and believe it and affirm like this is for me. Cause at the end of the day, you know, we can do everything for everyone else, but you know, we are who we are, you know? And so we have to protect ourselves the most. And that's something I've realized too, is like, I have constantly given to so many others and not given to myself. And now finally, as a mom, of course, I'm giving to my daughters, but in a weird way, I'm giving to them, but I'm also giving to me so much more because I'm aware of how much I gave my power and just all of myself for so many years. And now from doing the work and continuing to do the work, I realize, okay, I'm evolving from this. I'm growing from this. And I'm also now instilling this in my daughters, like with my Amelia, you know, as a toddler, so my baby obviously doesn't understand it as much, but like with my daughter, Amelia, like we do affirmations and I do little things, meditation with her and she gets some of it, but it's like important for me to not only do it. So she sees me doing it, but also for her to learn that, like, this is how I'm structuring my brain. This is how I want you to think as a young girl, you know? And so like the other day I was talking to myself in the mirror and she's like, mama, what are you doing? And I was like, mom is telling herself nice things in the mirror, you know? And she was like, Oh, okay. You know, and smile, but it's like, you know, she probably doesn't get it, but like at some point she she will, yeah, she will. And she sees that I'm smiling and looking at myself in the mirror and eventually it'll, you know, turn into something where she gets what I'm doing. But I think that so often, again, we look outside for all these different answers and we don't realize how much power we actually have within ourselves when we actually choose to do the work, when we actually choose to evolve ourselves and move forward, that's when we can actually dig in and find, you know, those gifts and, and the, you know, and that real like gold of us, you know, and, and I think that 
that has been a huge lesson for me now in 2020. It's like, I'm continuing to hold myself accountable to do that. Like when I feel like heavy in a moment, I step out of it and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, go outside and go for a walk and, you know, even just, you know, on my porch and I'm going to breathe and I'm going to read an affirmation and I'm going to say it out loud, you know, five times and I'm going to go write it down and then I'm going to sit and I'm going to take more, you know, a few more breaths and then I'll go back to what I'm doing, you know? And I think it's like what a gift 2020 has given us is that it really has, if you want to, it has allowed us all to do that work. It has allowed us all to kind of look at our lives and say, is this what I want? Is this what I want to be doing? Because the universe kind of just gave you a second to say, hey, we're going to kind of stop everything that's happening right now. So if you are looking at things and everything is literally paused and stopped, is this where you want your life to be? If it's not, how are you going to change it? What work are you going to do? Is something within you? Are you not happy? Why are you not happy? And I get it. These questions are not easy. And trust me, like, I have sat in my office even times during this time and just bawled my eyes out because I've been like, I'm not happy about this or this is not going well, my business or whatever it may be. And I've had to sit with those things and ask myself like, but why is that? And why has it gotten to that? And again, we're doing the work over and over again. I think that advice I would say is, is like, it's a continuous practice. It's a continuous every day showing up for yourself, even if you can't show up in the best way every single day, because as soon as you kind of break away from that, like I noticed if I go on autopilot, so to say, and I don't meditate for a few days, I am all over the place. Like completely, my brain is like fuzz. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? And then I look at like my, you know, my notes and I'm like, oh, I haven't meditated. Okay. And as soon as I take that time, even just five minutes, all of a sudden everything starts to feel clear again. And I'm like, oh, and why is that? Because we connect back to our higher selves. We come back to our, you know, higher level of consciousness. And that is, you know, for all of us, no matter what you believe, like, I mean, that's proven in science. I mean, that's you, it is you in, in your body, it is your energy. And so you are in control of that and control of your light and what you're putting out there and what you're bringing into yourself. So the more you do the work and put back into you, the more you can feel good. And the more you can put back out, which is why you hear all the time for moms like, Oh, can't pour from an empty cup. It's like, well, we all hear this, you know, cliche, so to say, but it's really true. It's like, you can't. And the more you pour into you, the more you do that work, the more you're going to see the reward. So, you know, I know it's a long winded answer, but I would just say like, find the things that make you feel good, you know, like really look at yourself and say like, is it journaling? Is it affirmations? Is it meditation? Is it yoga? Is it working out? What are those things that work for you? Cause everyone's different. So it's like, what do you subscribe to? What feels good to you and make that your priority. And if you can't do it, you know, in the morning at the same time or single day, cause like I can't, cause like every day is different with my babes, but like I find just different pockets and I schedule it on my phone. Like I write, you know, alley time, because if I don't, I'll forget. You str- I mean, straight up, you know, we're all busy. We're all moms. We got a lot going on. And like, you forget Mom brain's a real thing, no matter what season of life you're in. <laughs> and so it's like, for me, I-, I will forget. So I put in my phone, like alley time, like I need this time to get, you know, five minutes. I'll tell my husband, Hey, look, I scheduled a breath work session for myself today. It's 20 minutes. I need it you know? And so then he'll take the girls for those 20 minutes, you know? And some days it's only five minutes. I'm like, I know you're stressed, especially because he's working from home. I'm like, what can I have to myself? He's like, I can give you five minutes. Great. I'm going to go to my office, lock my door, turn off all the lights and take five minutes. You know, it's like, it's, I get it. These times are not the easiest in that sense. And we're all very much on top of each other, but you still have to 
create the space and you still have to do the work in order to continue to be able to survive and hopefully thrive in these times. Wow. I, I couldn't agree more with you. And I love how vulnerable and raw you are. And I love hearing your story and how, you know, you started in this very glamorous kind of work or maybe not in the beginning, but eventually you kind of were on the you know red carpet and doing all this glamorous stuff. And then you literally got stripped down to literally. the raw <laughs> and then you got taken down even further and you've come out of it. I know it's still a journey, but you've really come out of it beautifully. Thank and you. I love just how honest you are and open about everything. And I think having others hear that story is going to help so many people because so many people do, you know, put on this perfect face and keep all of that inside. So I love how you're. Thank you. Well, don't you letting like it all out there, taught us that, right? Like society's kind of taught us like that you have to have this like pretty picture between the pretty grid on, you know, Instagram to the perfect, you know, Pinterest, perfect mom to, you know, like my mom, like, you know, like always would make sure the house was, you know, perfectly clean, even if she was losing her shit. And when she would come visit me, you know, with Amelia, like she'd be cleaning like crazy. And I'd be like, mom, I just need help with the baby. Like, I don't need help with the, just the baby, you know? And she'd be like, well, you know, companies come in. I'd be like, who cares? You know, but because she, she was raised that way, like our society, created that, you know, of like everything, like what you just said, Marnie, like everything had to be perfect. Everything has to look a certain way, but what if we all were stripped for a second and allowed ourselves to just be, you know, and didn't put those pressures on ourselves of like, this has to happen just because this is happening and give this person more grace. And that's where I honestly feel like 2020 has been such a blessing because I've even noticed with like my own clients, with different friends, like everyone is more like oh, it's okay. No worries. You're a few minutes late. It's all good. I'm dealing with this today. Oh, you have this going on. And we've all kind of come down in a way to the same playing field of like, we're all human. We're all figuring it out. We're all flawed. We all have our shit, but like, we're all doing it. And it's like, there's been something kind of beautiful and magical about that as much as this has been a shit show. I'm so glad that you're saying that because Mm -hmm. Marty and I have talked, we've had other guests on talking about the same thing that 2020 is really almost like a gift. Like you said, And it's letting us, it's forcing us to slow down. And whether we come out ahead at the end or, you know, in a good spot is really whether we're going to, we're ready to do the work right now. And you just shared so many great practical tips and strategies. Um, I want to get that name of the journal because I need a new journal. That's something that I was doing in 2020 and it just... I don't know. I fell off the wagon a little bit. So yeah, I'll get but that. that's the practice, right? Like what we were saying, yeah. that's the yeah. continuous practice. And listen, I have my moments too. Like now I'm really into, I've been doing like card pulls. And so like, I've been like holding myself yeah. accountable to like, every time I kind of feel like I'm spinning to put just pull a card in that moment, like whatever comes mm-hmm. to me. And then like, use that to kind of like check back into my higher source and then go back and be like, okay, let me journal about it. You know, let me define an affirmation that aligns with it. But again, it's like creating that practice because there's plenty of days where I'm crazy and running around and I forget, but then I feel like the more you do these practices, whatever it is, like, just like someone loves working out and they, then they feel off if they're not working out. It's like uh-huh. the more you create these different practices in your life, the more they become staples. And the more that we do that and we use 2020, as you said, as a gift, and be able to create those habits when life does come back for us, hopefully we're going to keep some of those things that we instilled, you know, and hopefully yes. we're going to learn and we're not just all going to go right back on this autopilot and this train of like, get on and don't know where we're going. Cause I kind of feel like in a way, at least for me, 
I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, it was like there, I was just kind of making things happen, but wasn't really aware of the behind the scenes or anything going on, you know? And so I feel like I'm trying to be very mindful and very aware of like, I want to take these practices into those next years. Like my husband and I have now had these heavy conversations of like, what do we want out of life? What do we want to build for our girls? You know, these conversations, it's like, well, they should have existed anyways, but now that we actually have the time and space to create them, we're doing it, you know? And so, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Like there really is just, if you can find the good in 2020, all I would say to anyone listening is like, find it, even if you have to dig for it, like find it because there really are blessings in between all the things that are going on. If you can allow yourself to see it. And I really do believe like 2020 is the year to see things. If you're open enough to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. The the silver linings. My kids are sick of me talking about silver linings. (laughs) But you have to keep talking about them. I I mean, and, and it's going to resonate with them at some point, right? Like even, if they're, ro- even if they're rolling their eyes, it's, yeah. it's in their brains. Right. And the more you, you know, again, like the, like anything else with like the practice, like the more you say things, the more you, you know, the more you speak them, the more they become true. It's the same thing with negative thoughts, you know, the yes. more like I yes. told myself that my body, you know, wasn't enough and my body failed me and I'm this and I'm that, the more I believed it, the more the postpartum depression continued to set in and spin. The more you tell yourself good thoughts, the more you speak well to yourself, the more you tell yourself stories that you want to tell yourself, the more you're going to believe those positive stories. So yes. it, well, the, the law of attraction. Exactly. Yeah. And the same thing you're saying with the silver linings, like the mm-hmm. more you say it, the more it is going to, in some way, shape or form resonate. And you know, that that's important. Yeah. So Allie, I feel like we could chat all day. I have so many yeah, questions. I like I, I have like a million questions for you. We might have to have you back on the show, but I want to be conscientious of everybody's time. And I'm wondering where can our listeners find you? Oh, well, thank you. This was so much fun. I love being on your guys' show. Um, so you can find me uh, anywhere on social at Allie Levine Design, A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E, Design, D-S-I-G-N. Uh, my website is AllieLevine.com. I am doing remote styling still. So if you want to be styled by me, you can either DM me or uh, oh, send me. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That sounds so fun. Oh yeah. I'm doing 15% off right now too so for fun. the holidays to help, help everybody, you know, out and everything. Um, I also have an app. I can send you guys uh, the link that I work with called um, Styled Life. Um, and uh, they have a whole company where they have different stylists that help you get ready, especially remotely right now. And I'm their key stylist. So I'm doing a lot with them and helping them with holiday promotions, just helping everybody feel good right now while they're cozy at home. Uh, so you can definitely check that out. And so fun. yeah, I really, I'm just, you know, I'm on, I'm pretty much on social. So, you know, please let me know that you heard this show and this amazing podcast and reach out. I love to connect with others in the community. I really am here to help and serve others in what they've been going through or, you know, might be going through. And so, you know, I'm, I'm an open book, you know, for a reason. So please say, please say hello. Um, I love to connect with others. Well, thank you. And we'll link all that up in the show notes. And then finally, one last question we'd like to ask all of our guests is what does the art of well, the art of living well mean to you? Art of living well. I, first off, I love the name of the podcast. You know, I would say it kind of ties in with everything we were saying, you know, it's like, I could give like this, you know, answer, but to me, it's like, what is the art of living well? It's, it's really coming back to you. It's coming back to source. It's coming back to who you are and realizing that the power is really within you and 
allowing yourself to do the work to be able to be living a happy and healthy life. Beautiful. And so well said. I think everything that you shared is all about living well and your journey to living well. So thanks so much, Allie. Thank you so much for being on our show and for being so real and raw and honest. Yeah. And fun. And fun. It It was my pleasure. I had a great time with you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.